beyond the realm of human desire, there is a darkness. The darkness is forever. Possession. Hey everybody, welcome to the premiere episode of the Contiki Podcast. My name is Eric Mahoney, I will be your host. This is the place where you can drop in and listen to different musicians and filmmakers and artists' recommendations for their favorite double feature films. You know, quickly I wanted to just kind of address the elephant in the room though, and, and, and that is that we are in a global pandemic where, where most of us are isolated and, and staying at home. That was actually... You know, the catalyst for, for doing this podcast was because I'm basically self-quarantined in my house in Brooklyn, New York with my family. Uh, we are all well, thank goodness, and I uh, hope that this reaches you in good health as well, too. But hopefully this is a good way for us to, to stay connected and to have conversations around art and cinema. And hopefully this, this can be uh, some sort of small incentive to, to stay in and watch movies uh, if you're able to do that. You know, I've called up some people that I, I've had the good fortune of working with in the past or, or some friends or just people that I know uh, that have really great taste in the arts and, and have asked them to pair two movies together to watch back-to-back. Uh, those could be by the same director or have some sort of common theme or connective tissue so that it makes sense to watch them together. Our debut episode uh, is with the lead singer of the Mars Volta and at the drive-in, Mr. Cedric Bixler-Zavala. He's such a good conversationalist and smart guy and consumer of the arts. I felt like he would be a really good first guest to have on the podcast, uh, and he did deliver. He brought uh, two very interesting films, uh, both of which I had not seen for probably over 20 years, perhaps, uh, but I think you will, you'll dig them as well. So let's go to our conversation this week with uh, Cedric Bixler-Zavala. Cedric. Hey. Hey, man. What's up? Can you hear me? Oh, not much. Yeah, I, was about to go walk outside. I was about to go walk outside, but it is pouring rain. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Over here, I'm like uh, in Topanga, so it's been that way ever since everything went cuckoo. So That's weird. <laughs> it's been gloomy for about a week over here. So how are you guys holding up amidst all, all this stuff? Uh, so far, so good. Crazy, huh? Very, very crazy. I just feel really awful for like a lot of the people that can't afford to stay home. And just, you know, I come off like a fucking asshole being like, stay home. And, you know, people were like, okay, well, how do we figure it out financially? And I got no answers. I'm just like, fuck. That's, that's what we were saying is, is that like, you know, this really pulls the curtain back and shows the fragility of our entire country and society for me is that like, you know, uh, yeah, we should be quarantined and staying home, but I mean, the vast majority of people don't have that amount of time to not collect a paycheck or to just sit around and do nothing or, you know, it's just not feasible. So what is this going to start looking like, you know, when, when those things start to crumble away, it's, 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 it's upsetting, you know, it really is. (laughs) It's, it's strange, man. It's, it's very weird. I'll tell you what I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a very, very strange time for sure. But, um, but anyway, I guess on a slightly brighter note, um, thank you for doing this. Thanks for taking the time out to, to chat. I mean, I guess, uh, let's just dive in. I mean, uh, speaking of 
the surreal, I think um, your double feature speaks to that. Give me your picks for um, your stay-at-home uh, double feature. Okay, my, uh, my picks for my stay-at-home double feature, um, I always try to get people to see either of these two movies because I think they're just pretty amazing. They're not necessarily uh, Oscar-worthy or anything, but... You know, if if you have any sort of small weirdo in you like I do, you'll appreciate these movies. And um, there was a time around 2007, 2008, where when I lived in Venice Beach, I lived at Vidiot's, which is like the local, you know, uh, video store, you know. And uh, they had everything from DVDs and, and VHS stuff. So I spent my time in all the exploitation sections and just sort of devoured everything and the more I would go back and forth and return stuff and rent stuff, the more the conversations with, with the people that worked there led me to a bunch of other weirdo stuff. And, and one day I was, uh, I just picked up the cover. Like I would a record at, at, at maybe like a, a thrift store, you know, I'm not necessarily out looking for something uh, specific, but you pick it up because the cover just makes you go, wait, what the fuck would this be about? And so the ninth configuration was, it just sort of bit me visually with the way the cover looked. And, and so I stumble across it and I pick it up. I'm like, what's this ninth configuration? And it's like a Jesus on the cross on the moon being viewed by a, a man in a, an astronaut outfit and looking at the uh, American flag. And I thought, this is going to be great. You know, it's either going to be like <laughs> shitty great or it's going to be great, you know? And um, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a firm believer that the golden era was, right around 70s you know not necessarily just that they own the good times and good movies but you know there's a lot of great stuff out there from that period and so i got the movie and i'm just like yes i'm gonna i gotta see what this is about and i had no idea what i walked into and it was one of the most satisfying movies i think i ever uh saw especially because the way i sort of dissected everything afterwards and try to do some reading on it and it's essentially part three in the trilogy of The Exorcist uh, by William Peter Blatty. Ninth Configuration is more about sort of your faith in something, a higher power. And it just was like, it was great right off the bat because then it had like instantly recognizable uh, movie stars to me or like Stacey Keach or or the priest that's from The Exorcist and uh, uh, and a lot yeah, of other Yeah, Jason Miller, Ed Flanders. It's got it's got one of those great like uh, character actor casts uh, from that yeah. time period. It's really really it's, great. And it was also Blatty's uh, directorial debut as well, which I thought was really interesting. Um, that's you know, he right. Directed yeah. Before and then the writing is really compelling. Yeah, yeah. The one-liners in that are just impeccable i i haven't even i haven't tried to make a video like the little edits i make for my instagram i haven't made one yet of it because i haven't found a really good rip of it that where the dialogue is loud or if if i have used a little bit of it it's super quiet and it doesn't do it justice but i was just sucked in right away because i i love uh vietnam flicks about you know whatever's going on mentally or physically with people that experience that war. And so it, it, there's a tie in there, you know, the main characters kind of uh, coming off the heels of being in the war and, and he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't even understand who he is anymore. And he gets and he and he thinks he's a doctor, a psychiatrist. And so they put him up in a, a, a mental facility, but then even more appealing to me was that the mental facility was uh 
a, like an old Dracula castle in Pennsylvania somewhere and that the government had made them let, you know, take it over and that, you know, basically the lunatics were running the asylum, you know, and um, it's just just amazing uh, conversations that are happening in there, you know, and I absolutely love films that take place in one interior, basically, for the most part, you know, they're, they're, they do jump in and out a bit, but I, I love films that take place in one setting. This absolutely does. And that castle is, is, is super tripped out. This, this absolutely takes me back to a time in my life too. I probably very similar in my twenties where there, you know, I was, I was always going to this one, you know, sort of art house video store, you know, and getting like the uh-huh. same thing, like exploitation films, and just diving in and just talking to the to the person that ran it and like this is totally like in that wheelhouse. It's also like very kind of like early Herzog feel a little bit to me. Um, yeah. And there's a great tonal shift where you know the first part of it um, is kind of funny and it's a little more flip and you know kind of tongue in cheek, but then takes a very kind of more sinister, darker tone towards the back half, which is really compelling, I think. Oh, absolutely. Plus the fact that I, I was doing what you were doing and in, in being at these places that, you know, uh, where I could rent stuff like that, uh, because I would rent so many of these things, I would really start to recognize a lot of the smaller bit actors or whatever, like the Sid Haggs or, or those people that are commonly seen in all these movies that usually end up in a Rob Zombie flick because he can appreciate them. Um, but, right. you know, like some of the biker gang, I'm like, I've seen that guy before in this movie, in this movie. And it's just great to see them all come together and to see how their paths cross. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, the other attractive the aspect of the movie is if you just say, hey, it's, it's technically part three of The Exorcist, it's going to pique anyone's interest, I think, you know? So there's that interesting part of it. And um, also for, like, fans of like the walking dead i don't know the guy's name but the actor that plays herschel in like the first couple seasons the old man he's like one of the main characters in it and he just has great one-liners you know and it it speaks uh, volumes thank you and and it and his performances and, and what he's his lines are really speak volumes of sort of the crisis of faith and mental health that maybe a lot of people could relate to nowadays of you know because he he gets into that uh He's in he's in the the nut house basically because the, he has to abort one of the launches of him going to the moon because he's you know going crazy and he's you know like I I don't think I fucking believe in God anymore I don't what like what am I doing and he's kind of stuck in that mindset for a really long time which I think a lot of human beings can identify with of just being like like are you sure there's a God are you sure there's a higher power like explain this you know and so much of that just like was great for me to to hear other people say and especially in a movie context and like i said i just try to like if i could i'd buy every one of my friends a copy of the movie it's so rad to me it's great and it's up on youtube too i'll I'll, uh i'll kind of plug that at the end but yeah it's it's it is up on youtube uh to watch in its entirety for free and it looks pretty decent so if anyone wants to check out the ninth configuration from 1980 uh, I would highly recommend that as well. Let's get to your second pick. So, uh, double feature. Um, what's your second, uh, recommendation for us? Let's see. My second recommendation would be possession and, uh, it's a Polish director. I can't, uh, remember his name and, or probably pronounce it, but, um, Andrzej Dzuwowski. And I don't know that that is the correct pronunciation, but I'm making an attempt. Right. 
Um, I think anyone who hasn't seen seen this movie, uh, all you have to do is spend an hour on on uh, Instagram, and someone has made a meme of the famous scene of the woman freaking out with and destroying her groceries in the subway. But uh, th- this movie is. Uh, it's one of those things that, uh, unfortunately, I found like on the Pirate Bay because I just couldn't find a physical copy. Once I finally got my hands on it, I wouldn't even be able to like try to explain it to someone without ruining the ending. And the ending is so crucial, and and you'll be sucked in when you watch it. But it you don't know if you're watching in a horror movie. You don't know if you're watching just a dramatic piece. You don't know what it is that you're watching you could be watching kramer versus kramer you know for all if if you just sort of like abandon the film midway because that's what it seems like a you know lover's quarrel and they're one thinks he's cheating on the other but the shit that he uncovers is just mind-blowing and the fact yeah that it's the like ambiguity film- of that is yes 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 the ambiguity of the whole of the whole thing is really what i remember i haven't i haven't been able to find a copy um recently either but i do remember seeing this way back and yeah you're absolutely right i I couldn't agree more and her performance uh isabel johnny i believe is her name Uh, one thing i i found was interesting she was she won best actress at Cannes this year and this film was also nominated for the palm d'or at Cannes that year uh which was 1981 which i thought was was interesting because this seemed a little bit more i don't know um just not in that in that world to me but 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 was really highly celebrated at the Cannes Film Festival that year. Wow, that's that's amazing because like there's parts of the film where you see extras looking at the camera laughing. Like you can see that in the outside of the windows, you can see the wall back then in Germany, and uh, yeah, and you can see the soldiers looking over, being like, "Oh, they're making a movie over there," and it just to <laughs> me it adds to the authenticity of it. Like like uh maybe they're picking up on on what she's radiating or or being affected by and that's that's what they're seeing through over there but i always laughed at that but then i get sucked right back into the film and the performances of each each uh each person are are amazing that actor i think his name is bruno gantz the movie where he plays an angel and nick caves in it uh wings of desire there's there's like heavy wings of desire yeah Vin vendor yes yeah yeah, and then he's in another movie like with Dennis Hopper called The American Friend, I think, and he just has this look, this fucking serious look, like shit's just not the way you think it is. And he, a lot of these actors have that that look and just the way, uh, I don't know, I think of like um, Roy Scheider and Naked Lunch, there's just this, or The Sorcerer, mm-hmm. he just has this strange fucking seriousness, it's really unnerving. And just the, just the whole mood of the film and the fact that you don't know what the fuck you've gotten yourself into until you get to the very end. And I, I, there's another movie that I, I wish every Christmas maybe I put it in someone's stocking like there. That's going to change the way you see movies because it's, it's fucking great because I still can't tell you what the fuck that thing is at the end. I, I pause and look at it and I'm like, what the fuck is that shit? And it's truly nightmarish, you know? It is, it is, and you can get a little taste of that in the trailer, but uh, yeah, we won't give that away, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it definitely goes into yeah, some, like don't watch yeah, naked trailer, lunch please. territory. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just wish, I hope people for just sure. sort of take the dive, because for me, one of the raddest things about Sam Neill is just the way he fucking arches his eyebrow. That to me is like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, 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 hold on. The air got sucked out of the room here. He's about to deliver a great one-liner. And I see that so much in the way he 
he carries himself in this movie. And I must have tweeted that dude a thousand times about possession. And I always, you know, he never like responded. And, you know, I, I don't expect him to, but I just wanted him to say something like, do you acknowledge this movie? Cause it's a fucking phenomenal movie within everything you've done, you know, and I wish more people would see it. Well, hopefully we'll shine a little light on that. That's what I think we're, uh, you know, we're trying to do here. And I think these two are, are probably lesser known. I mean, I, I'm familiar, but, you know, I think uh, these are, you know, definitely 1980, 1981. These are, these are a little older, a little more uh, off the radar. So I think these are great, really great recommendations. Um, if you're at home and you're looking for stuff to kind of, uh, you know, unearth that uh, maybe you're not aware of that, that have some really powerhouse performances from some great uh, actors, some excellent writing. I mean, I think this is a really nice one-two punch. It's a little dark. So uh, make sure you're like you know in a good headspace because <laughs> these will uh, <laughs> these will definitely uh, warp your mind a little bit. But uh, you know yeah. if you're feeling yeah. good and you're a little optimistic, uh, go ahead and dive right in. So um, yeah, man, thank you very much. Thanks, Cedric. I appreciate the the, the double feature recommendation and uh, wholeheartedly uh, back these two. So um, thanks for that, man. No problem. No problem. So um, quickly, what what are you um, what, what are you doing with your time? Was was anything put on hold that you're that you're doing that you want to disclose, or uh, what you know? What are your plans for uh, for when this whole thing uh, hopefully blows over sooner rather than later? I, you know, I I wish I'd be at liberty to say I'm the kind of person that spills the beans when I'm not supposed to, and I've been warned, <laughs> so I can't I can't talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough. I love what you do, and um, you know I, I appreciate I appreciate taking the time out to chat, and um, we'll we'll be looking forward to uh, whatever you're putting out into the world when the world is again ready and, and fully functional. So uh, thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Episode one of the Cotton Tiki Podcast. I want to thank my guest, Cedric Bixler-Zavala of the Mars Volta and at the Drive-In for his film recommendations. Again, those were the ninth configuration. You can stream that on YouTube. And I also found a really nice Blu-ray version of Possession on Amazon if you want to order that and check out that film. Highly recommend them both. Follow Cedric on his Instagram account. It is Cedric underscore Bixler underscore Zavala underscore for any of his film uh, mashups that he does there. And also, I'm sure he'll be posting updates um, on any musical endeavors that he has going on as well. Cedric is also in the new film Brainiac Transmissions After Zero, sponsoring the show today. Uh, Brainiac Transmissions After Zero is available on iTunes, Amazon, Vimeo, and DVD. Check it out. BrainiacFilm.com. That is BrainiacFilm.com. And uh, yeah, we'll be back soon, guys, with another uh, double feature lineup. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to us wherever you get this podcast, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Be well. Be well.